Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster f- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Doc, on a Wednesday, I'll always be by your side. Word. You know it, man. And a short week. Thank you, Memorial Day. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Feels uh, feels weird, like a Tuesday or something. You know. Oh, you always feel off on a short week like that. So true. I usually, yeah. I, I prefer it the other way around. You know. Have the Friday week. off. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. mm-hmm. then you you just see it coming. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, nice. Word. But uh, Dave, we have a fantastic show, as per Always. usual. Um, little follow up: Tom Brady hasn't asked me out for a quinoa bowl Wait, yet. What? Um, uh, yeah, either. yeah. No, we haven't looked at insane snacks on Instagram yet, but we will. I'll let you know when it happens. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but I do. I do have some pretty big news. Things that I like to do on this show. Um, U.S. News and Reports has released the best and worst states in America. That's right. Yeah, they they just ranked all 50 states. Yeah, on 70 different metrics, including state economy, internet access, public mm-hmm. safety, education, and a whole bunch of other things. 17 different things. A lot of random things. Yeah, well, you know, things that would make uh, families and people want to move to that state, I would say. Gotcha. I would say. So first off, obviously, I've got to ask, where do you think Florida fell on the list? Hmm. I'm going to say... Um I mean, that, the, the stuff that you talked about didn't really sound like beach. Nope. Maybe you know, not our weather. forte as a state. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say it maybe bumped us to like 13. Oh, my gosh. Look at you go. Oh, you nailed it. shoot. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. 13, which, like you said, it's not bad. Nope. That's no. better. That's better than 75% of the states out there. So, I right. mean... That's pretty good. You know, and it's, you know, you some people make their stats to like kind of, you know, sway, like skew the results. But like yeah. to be to be 13 and not like be our like, you know, not our forte. Not, exactly. Not a uh, state with best beaches. Right. Because um, I think I think hmm. yeah, California might try. South Carolina might try. But we just got more. There's just right. more beaches. It just goes Any- all the way around. Anyway, so that's good. We've got that off the list. Now, let's go ahead and move, I'm going to say, to the bottom of the list. So let's look at 47, 48, 49, and 50. Just Mm -hmm. out of the knowledge of your states and how many times we've talked about it, if I was asking you, what do you think would be in the worst, where are you going with it? Hmm. I'm blanking on our different state talks at the moment. Girl, come on. Um, but I'm gonna go say with like your a, gut. Go with your say gut. Like Alaska is somewhere in there. No, 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 no. No, think, think when you think. Let's go. Think obesity. Think education. Mm. Where is gonna be the last place in the union? Mm. 
uh, like Mississippi, Alabama. Boom. Boom. Yes. There you go. That is nice. right there. Mississippi, Alabama, 48-49. Then okay. our 47th, even though Huntington was bringing us up, because we all know they've been working on their obesity. Good job, Huntington, West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. West Virginia's 47th. Mm. And then a little bit of a curveball. Louisiana, 50th. Mm. 50th. Oh, see, I was thinking that would be somewhere near the top. Eh, it's like no. not that big. No, a lot of things brought them down. A lot of things brought them down. Uh, environment being a big one. Uh, mm. Education being a big one. Um, state economy also being a very large one. Um, brought them down a lot. I don't know if Mississippi was deducted any points for still having the Confederate flag as part of their state flag. Mm. I feel like that should be <laughs> maybe. Same goes for Louisiana oh, for having a pelican on their flag. What? Wait, what? It's literally just a pelican. Have you ever seen Louisiana's flag? It's no, just, I'll, I'll have to look at it at the break. I mean, when I saw it, it made more sense of why the New Orleans Pelicans are the New Orleans Pelicans. I was mm, like, what? It's just a big pelican with spread wings. And I was like, that's, that's odd. Yes. Okay, so let's move on to the top three. Which states do you think top the list? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say, like, uh, maybe Massachusetts. Mm, well, you're in the, the right neighborhood for one. Number two is New Hampshire. That's right. Oh, so you're say that. So the Damn. right n neighborhood there. Now mm -hmm. we've got one and three. Three being Minnesota, which I say, eh, oh, wrong, it's too yeah. cold. No, mm -mm. sorry. Wouldn't have guessed uh, that. That's a fact. Then number one, shout out again to Brittany, Washington. Oh, yeah. dude. That was my other one. Oh, shout nice. out to BP. Shout out Washington. to BP. Now, uh, fun fact for New Hampshire, only state that there is no mandatory helmet uh, law for motorcyclists or seatbelt mm. law for cars. I think they need yeah. to fix that. They really, they really take their motto of "live free or die" uh, to, <laughs> to to the, the maximum. <laughs> to the maximum. Uh, now, while Washington is basking in their number one state uh, hood, I would like to point out that they have the most contaminated nuclear waste site in our country, and they have seven active volcanoes. So true. I'm just saying. Really? Where'd, yeah. Where'd that go I into your ranking? Of those. Yeah, that's that right. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about environmental, then that's got to uh, be yeah. a couple yeah. of things on there. Amen. Amen, Brosif. I don't think they factored it nope. in. Do your research, U.S. News and Report. Oh, come on. Good Lord. Fake news. Anyways, in, in, a, in a show that does their research, are you ready to fire up this show, Dave? Dude, I know you did your research, so let's fire it up. Yeah, I do it all day long. All three engines up and burning. Two. One, zero, and liftoff. All day long. We have a fantastic show today. We have the Sheepdogs. Fantastic band coming out of Saskatoon, Canada. I think, as I already mentioned, they are the first unsigned band ever to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. That was way back in 2011. They just finished a huge tour with Rival Sons, another super hot rock band out there. Very excited to have them on the show. We're going to have Ewan Curry, their lead singer, and uh, we're going to play some tunes both from the Sheepdogs by themselves and... By Ewan Curry, he just came out with his own uh, 
his own uh, solo album. So we're going to have a song dope, off of that, dope. too. Very excited. But first, we start where we start. Ooh. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, here we go. Born in Brooklyn, New York, May 29th, 1984. Our birthday suit wearer's father died when he was only two years old of cancer. Sam. When our birthday suit wearer was eight, he moved to Baltimore. Our birthday suit wearer was exposed to some of Baltimore's rougher areas. And he credits sports, helping him to work as a buffer to keep our, our birthday suit wearer away from street violence. So true. He ended up transferring to Oak Hill Academy for his senior year of high school and getting a scholarship to Syracuse Carmelo Anthony. There it is. Yes. Mm. Nicely done. Our birthday suit wearer obviously played one season with Syracuse, went to a national championship. Jim Beheim described him as the best college uh, basketball player by far. The year that he played college basketball, he was drafted number three overall to the Denver Nuggets in the 2003 draft. Yes. He went on to be a 10-time All-Star, uh, a six-time All-NBA player, and a three-time gold medal Olympian, Mr. Carmelo Dude. Anthony. Happy birthday to Melo. I didn't know that about his father. My, yeah. uh, my brother's a huge Melo fan. That was his favorite player forever. Really? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, I like mellow. I got a little less mellow-ish when he was on the, the New York Knicks. I liked yep. him much better when he was on the Nuggets. For sure. Uh, especially the, the combo of him and Iverson. Um, Loved it. Loved just it. Cause, just because I love Iverson, too, you know? And then they had Birdman right. for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah. That you know, you nice. got to respect Carmelo. He... He had the smooth jumper. He was just smooth in everything he did. But he he was always a little, you know, he had a little extra padding to him. Wait, what? Yeah, you gotta you gotta respect that. He leaned out there one year on the Knicks. Mm-hmm. He got pretty mm-hmm. lean one year. I think he got tired of hearing the extra padding comments, and he was like, "Hey, hey, I am in shape. You shut your mouth." You know? <laughs> That's right. Then he then he then he now he's retired. I guess. So yeah, he's retired. retired man. Yeah. yeah. Did he did he officially announce it? Did I don't he? think so, but he he's not coming back. Yeah. Oh. Regardless, enjoy your birthday, Mello. Yep. Enjoy be, it. So that's what, 35? 35. The big 3-5. Yeah. Big 3-5. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, Dave, am I, am I wrong? I feel like I'm righting my wrong for all Millards out hmm. there. Oh, dude, you've been killing it. You've I been feel- killing it. I feel like I'm erasing the fact that I you, so flippantly said Miller kicked them when cool. they were, yeah you kicked them when they were down. Girl, come on. They aren't down though. Nope. They're always no. up. No. And we we proved that in a segment we called Millard still exists. Mm. Yes. It's Millard time. Yes. Oh my gosh, I get so excited for Millard still exists. Oh man, Dave, are you ready to meet this week's Millard? <laughs> Let me meet him. <laughs> oh man, Doctor Millard T. Hennessy, podiatrist. Oh, yes. Smooth. Yes. Smooth like Hennessy. That's how Millard effing party. This Millard loves feet. Yes. <laughs> He's got a foot fetish. All right. Now, I know Mm. what you're thinking. Right off the bat, you're like, podiatry? Okay. 
Where did he get his degree? From some technical community college of the Southern Bahamas? Think again. Think again, Millard Hayer. That's right. He got his MD from the University of Pennsylvania Medical School. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Oh, he's that's, like, he's the that's podiatrist. Right. That is right. Thank you. So now you're probably like, eh, okay, so he's an academic. I don't know. Hmm. Is he popular? Well, try this on for size. His business Facebook page has three likes. Say what? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, in, that's a that's a new record. That's right. In the world of podiatry, that is beetle status. Generally, podiatry Facebook pages have an average of negative two hundred and forty nine likes. So true. That's right. That's, he is that's up there. That's real research right there. Nope. He is up there. Now I know what you're thinking. You're like, mm, okay, so he's got a. Podiatry degree. He's super popular, but I can't. Can I trust him with my feet? These are my feet. Yes. I use them on an almost everyday basis. Wait, what? For some some Americans, that's usually every day. Oh. I need a little bit more of a personal review. Well, try this from Yelp. This is a review from Rachel M. She says, "Quote: Doctor Hennessy is incredibly nice and has a great sense of humor." He made me feel comfortable. He knew exactly what was wrong with my foot and took the time to explain it. Told me if I had any questions to please call him and he could talk me through it. Very happy with my experience here. Five stars. That That's our right. Millard. That's that our is, Millard. Yes. Millard will have you laughing your ass off. That is right. <laughs> While he looks at your feet and tickles them. Now I know. So now we've reached the point where you're like, okay, okay. So he's a magician with feet. He's the Dave Chappelle of podiatry. But I just don't know. I need a little bit more substance. I need a charitable heart in my Millards. Well, uh. Millard T. Hennessy donates to the Boys and Girls Club. That's right. That's fact. Yes. He it's loves all children. Of, it's all about the kids with Millard T. Hennessy. <laughs> That is right. That's how Millard effing party. Yes, Dave. Oh my goodness. What I'm trying to say is you can't spell Millard Hennessy without 10 IC. As in, Millard Hennessy is the only 10 IC. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Woo! Oh, my gosh, Dave. I don't know. I don't know how this gets better week by week, but it does. Woo! I'm a little fatigued. Before I finish this, Millard, yeah. Millard still exists. I got. Um, I got. I got to let you know. I was thinking of some dope nicknames you could call your friend Millard Hennessy. You want to hear them? Let's hear it. Here we go. Two dope nicknames for Millard Hennessy. First one, you could call him Millie Rock. Huh? Millie, Millie Rock. Rock. Okay. Okay. Second one, second one, this is my favorite. Lard nuts. Yes! How about lard nuts for, lard. for Millard, right? For the second part, for Millard. Lard, lard nuts. Lard huh? nuts. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Awesome nicknames. Millard Hennessy. They still exist, everybody. They still exist. Whew. Okay. You okay. Need, you need a sip of water. You need to change your clothes or something. I didn't, I didn't bring water today. I feel stupid now. I forgot mine water. too. Ah, it's all right. We're going. We're going without. We'll hydrate during the break. Yes! There you go, Dave. Are you ready? Hmm. Dude, I am ready, sir. Let's rip these headlines. Rip that shiz. 
It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Dave, uh, last week in Lincoln, Nebraska, a man, he tried the Husker country. The Cornhuskers, yes. He tried the oldest trick in the Cops TV show handbook. Word. Um, I don't know that trick. It's the uh, I'm not who you think I am trick. Oh. Yeah. 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 So police were sent out to find Markel Towner. Uh, Markel Towner. Uh, he was wanted for domestic assault, and he had two arrest warrants. Jeez. And so police were called out to a house. They were dispatched to that house. They they got to the house. They found a car, parked car, in the uh, driving uh, or in the parking. Little little in the uh, in the uh, what am I looking for? Wait, what? In the driveway. Driveway. I don't know why I wanted to say driving lane. I was like, that is not it. You wanted to combine that with parking lot, and I think you got. I think so. I think so. Listeners, you can tell why I'm on the radio. I speak the words. That's a fact. Anyways, so they got to the driveway, and they found a parked car. Uh, they found a man in the parked car who looked to be Markel Towner. Hmm. So they walked up to the man and they said, "Uh, hey, are you Markel Towner?" And he was like, oh, no. No, that's not me. Word. No. And he gave him a fake name. I don't know what the fake name was. Let's say Frank. He was like, mm-hmm. I'm Frank. And they were like, um. They leaned a little closer, and they noticed that he had an ID on a lanyard that said Markel Towner. Uh, dummy. <laughs> dummy, dummy, dummy. That's the worst, man. If you're going to give a fake name, at least take your ID off. Well, and that's like the thing. If you're, I don't know, if it's your job name tag or whatever, like, come on, dude. You got to take it off. At least right. at least take it off. At least hide it under the seat. At yeah. least give that take effort. Take your ID out of your wallet. Like, come on, rookie. Bad, bad move. Bad move. Dave. Yes, sir. Take a second. Think of a hard job, a demanding job. Hmm. Okay. Construction worker. It's pretty demanding. That is physically demanding right there. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't help but notice the first thing that you uh, went to wasn't social media influencer. Hmm. Uh, you know, those guys have tough lives too, man. Yeah. So yeah. True. Cassidy McGill. She'd like you to rewrite your list of hard and demanding jobs and put social media influencer at the top. Thank you. Did you know who Cassidy McGill is? Hmm. Uh, I do not. Okay, apparently she was on Love Island, the reality show. Um, um, I missed that one. Now she spends her days as a uh, social media influencer. influencer. Mm. She has she has 260,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, uh, she had to let those people know a couple of things in a recent post. Uh, In her caption, she said, Everybody thinks that we get paid and it's really easy. It's not easy. Nope. This job basically never stops. Nope. And there's a lot of pressure. I have 260,000 bosses, essentially. Sometimes, sometimes... I even put your happiness and needs in front of what I would actually like to post because I know what you guys like as opposed to what I like. Oh, okay. <laughs> me, that, me that and, makes total sense. 
Meanwhile, firefighters said, thank God we don't have to put others' happiness in front of what we like to do. Yes! We're out here jumping into fires carefree. No pressure for our self-indulgent fun. Thank you. God. Thank God somebody lays it on the line like Cassidy. That's right. Jeez. Could you imagine if she posted things she wanted and not what her friend, her I fans know. wanted? I know, right? She's uh. doing this world a service. Thank so you, Cassidy. So tough to post half-naked pictures and... And ads. Dave, Dave, I'll go ahead and say our show is not saving the world. It's nope. not hard work. Nope. And if we're going by listeners, we only have like two or so bosses. So, true. so I think yeah. it's fine. So we're pretty close to the top of our, you know, business. We're, we only have two we're, bosses. <laughs> we're good, listeners. It's not hard for us to do. Continue listening, please. Yeah. Thank yeah, we'll, you. We'll keep going too. Okay, Dave, do you remember playing around on playgrounds? Hmm. Dude. My like favorite memories of elementary school was playing on the playground, like pretending to be something. Like we always yeah. pretended to be Power Rangers. Oh man, I I pretended to be a basketball player with the monkey bars being the goal. That's right, because okay. I could jump up and jam on them, so yeah. it was really fun. And you take like a ball or some sort of kickball or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. The swings, the ladders, all kinds of mm. funs out there. Love all it. kinds of good stuff. I've got a feeling, uh, Juliana Gonzalez. Um, She'll never forget her. what I'm guessing was her last trip to the playground this last uh -oh. weekend. Hmm. And not a good way. Not a good way at all. I'm so, afraid. So Juliana and her uh, family had to go to church at Aldersgate uh, United Methodist Church. Okay. Juliana's mom, Serena, was inside attending a meeting while Juliana was playing on the playset right outside. Okay. Nyla Coleman, another member of the church, she was supervising Juliana and some other kids. Juliana was at the top of a playset, which looked to be like a giant bumblebee, mm -hmm. like basically. Um, yep. And sh she jumped off of the playset and landed on the lid of a septic tank. What? And oh. fell through the lid. No. Ew. And became submerged in sewage ew oh my gosh yeah oh yeah i yeah i almost like i have this like you almost gag yeah, yeah it's coming yeah luckily they pulled her out luckily they pulled her out she was cleaned off uh reporters talked to the pastor of the church j scott allred and uh he said i've been here since 2011 that septic tank has been in the same location as the playground. Nobody's fallen through. Mm. And so I wouldn't think it was bad because this has never happened before. Mm. They had an 8,000-pound capacity on it. Obviously, that capacity wasn't there anymore. Nope. Uh, so first off, worst playground experience ever. That's a fact. Uh, like, Seriously. Out of all the injuries and everything that could happen, I would probably take most of those over jumping into a pile of literal yes. I would I literally break every limb in my body. I mean, wow. For the rest of her life, she is going to trust no ground around playgrounds. Nope. nope. She's going to be like, yeah, I can't jump off of that. Last time I did that, I landed in a pile of sh no, thank you. She, she's going to be that kid that like doesn't play it playtime now. 
Second, I get that the septic tank hasn't moved since the pastor's been working there, but don't you think when they got the playground there, somebody could have at least said, you know, maybe five feet to the left. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe five feet. Like, I saw the picture of this playground. They definitely had five feet that they could have moved that thing. Like, and you could just be sure, you know what? Even though this thing says 8,000 pounds, eh, let's not test it. Nope. Let's not test it. Now, I've got a little bit more. Uh, The reporter then went on to speak to Serena, the mom of the little girl, who said, quote, I could have been planning a funeral for my child who could have passed away from being covered in poop. What? I'm hoping and praying for a 100% recovery from the trauma, which I'm going to be honest. I totally agree with Serena. So true. But if she didn't want to laugh at her comments, maybe she shouldn't have said being covered in poop. Maybe I'm just saying, come on, Serena. (laughs) Just... Just being saying, I could have been planning a funeral for my child, and then move on. That's mm. it. Just say that to emphasize that, it. It didn't that's help. That's gotta be like one of the worst ways to die. So true. Because I—I'll be honest. Oh. When I was reading this, I laughed as soon as I read that quote. I laughed like five times. Oh reading yeah. Reading that quote, and I was like, "Come on, just come lost on, like Serena. all credibility." Come on. Nonetheless, Dave. Hmm. Dude, I don't think you can top the poop story. Nope. Uh, that was a good one. I put it in the middle, though. Uh, Dave, you're in a relationship, correct? Oh, yeah. Shout out now, to Kayla. Shout, shout out to Kayla. She listens. Thank you, Kayla. And she follows. Thank you. Yes! Um, You did not meet your lady friend on Match.com, uh, though, correct? I did not. Now, th- I, I, well, I do have a buddy that's dating a girl from Match.com. Okay, well, this is a this is a story for him to 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 maybe you know vet a little bit, maybe just just follow it through for a little bit. So, right, um, so a lady from Gwinnett, uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, she went on Match.com and met up with a Mr. John Hill, mm-hmm. and uh, they talked on the app a lot. They they went back and forth. And apparently, John convinced the lady that first, he was a millionaire. Sweet. Okay. Second, that he was in love with her. And over the next week, he convinced her that they were both so in love, they needed to get married. Hmm. Okay. And apparently, before they got married, the two went house hunting, and they selected a house they were interested in. They, and so they then, physically saw each other and did that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I think, at least by the way that this was portrayed in the in the uh, newspaper article I read, okay. uh, the lady gave John Hill more than eighty thousand dollars for the house and the furniture. Word. Mm-hmm. Um, not too surprisingly, after he received this eighty thousand dollars, he stopped mm-hmm. all contact with the lady and completely ghosted her. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, when the Gwinnett County uh, police investigated the case, they found that the man already lived with another lady and a child, and that he had changed his name five times in the past three years, and is accused of doing similar things in four other states. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. So, So, for this lady, who wasn't named, and I can see why she wouldn't want to be named, um... Couple of red, f- couple of red flags, lady. Uh, first, 
Um, one week. One week. And you bought a house. I mean, I can't even make a definite decision on dinner in one week. Nope, you and this cannot. Lady, this lady was like, <laughs> marriage? Dope. Like, that's... That pump the brakes a she, little. She was desperate. She needed someone to love her. Now, then he told her he was a millionaire. I mean, I'm all for gender equality and equal pay in a relationship. But, like, if I was her, I'd be like, mm, you, you need money for the house? Bro, just buy it yourself and I'll pay you back, man. I'll pay you back. You put the down payment on the house. You get the mortgage. I'll give it to you in a little bit. How about that? We're in love. I'll see you tomorrow. It's cool. So true. Like, true and, that. She, and she was just like, yeah, sure. I'll give you the money. There you go. Oh, this didn't turn out well. Weird. All right. Dave, last story. All right. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, when it was me and Justin riding solo on the show, mm -hmm. uh, I had a story about a lady whose uh, wish was to meet an alpaca in the hospital that she was at. That's a fact. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and she was pretty jazzed by it. Um, and I brought up the possibility of maybe raising the stakes. Maybe instead of an alpaca, meeting a lemur. Sweet. Oh. I mean, pretty awesome lemurs, yeah. you know? Well, apparently a dude in Santa Ana, California, had my idea, um, and he took it He took it to an illegal level. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Aquinas Kasbar uh, pled guilty to one misdemeanor count of unlawfully taking an endangered species. He Where's stole he a lemur from the zoo. Jeez. Oh, wow. How does yeah. someone do that? So, well, apparently, I guess it's not like a very, you know, secured zoo. Because mm -hmm. apparently last year, Casbar just broke into the Santa Ana Zoo, cut mm -hmm. open with, like, bolt cutters mm -hmm. the enclosure, and took a 32-year-old lemur named Isaac. Wait, what? Yeah. That, that lemur sounds very old. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently... He took this lemur to a Newport Beach hotel. What? Mm -hmm. Then abandoned the lemur with a what? note that read, quote, lemur with tracker, and this belongs to the Santa Ana Zoo. It was taken last night. Please bring it to the police. Hmm. Wow. So, so a couple of things. First of all, why did he take this lemur to a hotel? Was he trying to show th show this lemur the beach vacation it's never had? Ooh, look! Oh my gosh! A free free breakfast too. And, nice. And, uh, what do they call the um, continental breakfast? Everybody, nice. The and I put a robe. The lemur. I was about robe. to say a bathrobe. <laughs> nice. So cushy. Ooh. Uh, uh, second, as you pointed out, this lemur is 32 years old. That and immediately, old as <laughs> immediately when I heard that, I was like, how old do lemurs get? Yeah. And so I, so I looked it up. The average uh -huh. lifespan for a lemur is 16 to 19. What? Oh, And I was like, what kind of ancient <laughs> lemur is this? And this <laughs> literally is the oldest lemur in captivity. Wow. This lemur, he took the oldest one, and I guess like he took it, and the lemur was just like, eh. 
Whatever. Uh, it just sat in I, his arms. Yeah, he was like, I, I can't run away. And yeah. the old, the, the young ones are like, dude, they're taking Isaac. He couldn't get away. Save yourselves. Yeah, like, I just imagine the cleaning lady like coming into the hotel, and you got this like old lemur like chilling in the bed with the robe just, on, like just, snacking just on. Just look, <laughs> just looking halfway with its eyes open, eating yeah. grapes with its cool little human hands. Like, yeah. hey. Are you going to take me to whatever? Exactly. Yeah, I don't care. Anyways, guys, oh, we need to take a break. Yes. We need to take a break, and we are going to hear a song from our guest, the Sheepdogs. That's right. This is, I, I don't want to say it's my favorite song, but right now it is, it is my favorite. Like right now, it could change. But right now, we're going to hear nobody by the Sheepdogs, right here on the Doc G Show. Play it.
105.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. And we are back yes. here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave. Hmm. Guys, do it like your other friends do. Get us on the SoundCloud so app. True. Download the podcast That's app. Go on our website, www.thedocgshow.com. Listen to us. Mm-hmm. You, all your friends are doing it. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just the Doc G Show. It can be Doc G Show. I've got both. Yeah. I've got both the main, mains, folks. I'm doing it. Doing it for reals. Yeah. All right? Don't stop our Follow momentum. Us. Keep it going. Keep the momentum going. Dave, real quick. Um, have you ever heard the saying, there's a saying, you come into this world alone and you die alone? Hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. What about twins? They come into this world together. Wait, what? Mm. Like they come yeah, in together. I mean, they're a little bit apart. but like, They're not uh, in the world yet, and they're together. Yeah, okay. That's all I've got. I was just thinking of that this morning, and I was like, eh? Jeez. Huh? If I was talking to that philosopher, I'd be like, hey, here's a caveat, just to let you know. Anyways, shout-outs, Dave. Are you ready? Dude, who listened to us? Okay, so first off, I've mentioned these guys before, but I'm proud that they're listening, so I'm going to keep on shouting them out. Maputo, Mozambique. Shout-out. Yes. Yes. By the way, fastest-growing city in Africa and... Scenes from Ali and Blood Diamond shot in Maputo. Yeah. Oh, BT Dubs. Yeah. Yeah. Fun facts about Maputo, my new favorite city of Africa. That's not saying it can't be won back over by another city if they listen to us more. But right now, Maputo. Maputo. Yes. Shout out to <laughs> Holbrook, Massachusetts. Yeah. Holbrook, Mass. Okay. Yeah, right beside Braintree, who's also listened to us. Thank you, Braintree. Oh. Um, okay. Shout out to Singapore. Yes. Oh. Yes, that's out. right. I'm thinking that's our friend Bryn. Bryn's in Singapore right now. Shout out to Bryn. Shout, uh, out. shout out to Bryn. Yeah. Shout out to Carthage, Missouri. Yes. We got any friends in Missouri? I, I mean, I'm sure. I know I know our fellas in Lonely Highway have some friends in Missouri. Maybe that's okay. it. I don't know. There we go. Shout out to Iron Mountain, Michigan. Shout out. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, that's upper that's upper peninsula, Michigan, right there. Yes. We have to Google that later. That's the Rough Riders up there in the upper peninsula. Those are the hardcore oh. sportsmen, as I like to call oh, them. I'm, I'm not that hardcore then. No, so. neither am I. That's why I'm in warmer areas. That's uh shout out to Raleigh. Shout yeah. out. Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bull Durham. Yeah, like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exeter, United Kingdom. Shout out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds fancy. They got a good soccer team there. Yeah, good soccer what team. What team is that? Uh, the Exeter team. What? I don't know what their mascot oh. is or anything. but <laughs> Okay. I didn't do that much research. Don't ask me. <laughs> what, come on, man. Girl, come on. Just be glad they're listening to us. Yes. I didn't know if it was like the Euro League or like the Champions I League. I don't know their anyways, team. Okay, uh, keep going. Moving on. I'll, Next place. I'll look it up. I'll follow don't. that up. Following their team okay. up. You're going to get everything right. about the Exeter team. It's coming. None, nonetheless, last uh, last shout out goes to Genoa, 
Italy. Shout yeah. out. Ooh, freaking love their salami. Yeah. Mm. They got they got a lot of lessons too. They're building up. Thank you. Thank you. I, Thank you guys. I love I'll keep eating the salami. I love your whole peninsula's food. Northern Italian food, southern Italian. Oh. Like I love everything. I love the I love the seafood based Italian of all the, the coastal areas. I love the yes. the hearty northern mountain the, the lasagnas yes. and the, yes. the pastas. Oh god, it's so good. Mm -hmm. They know how to cook. They know how to cook. Anyways, are you ready for the next birthday suit? Oh, let's go, man. Let me go two for two here. Okay, okay. This, uh, I mean, I, 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 I think you should be able to get this one. You should be able to get it. Uh, born, I, I'll be surprised if you don't. Born on May 29th, 1917 in Brookline, Massachusetts to a very prominent family. He was one of nine children. Jeez. Mm. However, when our birthday suit wearer was 10, his family moved to the Riverdale area of New York City. Our birthday suit wearer had some of the finest education resources growing up. But because he was usually in the shadow of his older brother, he would act out. He's a bit rebellious. He, makes, he made jokes. But nonetheless, he ended up going to Harvard University. He graduated in 1940 and entered the Naval Reserve, but was called into duty to serve in World War II. And he, ser he received a Purple Heart and a service medal. Two of our highest honors there. In 1947, mm -hmm. our birthday suit wearer served in the House of Representatives and then in the Senate from 53 to 60. In 1960, our birthday suit wearer was elected president of the United States. Hmm. Sadly, he was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, only a little over a thousand days after taking office. Name. Uh, is that the JFK? JFK. John <laughs> Fitzpatrick Kennedy. Yes. I was worried for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, John John F. Kennedy, man. So much hope, so much promise, man. So much promise. Yeah. Such a good, I mean, and what he did, he did some amazing things. Oh, I said Fitzpatrick. I'm sorry. Fitzgerald. Sorry. Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to get that middle name wrong. Nonetheless, uh, very good president. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Saul over the Cuban Missile Crisis, the closest mm -hmm. our country has ever came to nuclear war. Very tense times. Very tense times. Sadly shot down, obviously. Lyndon B. Johnson took over after that. But nonetheless, he stands as a beacon of the United States history, a beacon of what the presidency should be. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So true. Yes, yes. exactly. Happy birthday, JFK. Exactly. Uh, speaking of things we can look to light our way in this world, Dave. Uh-oh. I think it's time. I know what that means. I think it's time to let the people know some things yep, that something. don't suck. Yep. Let's hear something that doesn't suck. Things that don't suck. A list of consisting of Paul Rudd and whatever the doc wants to say now. All right. All right, Dave. Have you ever heard of Floyd Martin? Hmm. Uh, I don't think so. Well, it's not surprising because you probably weren't on his mail route. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was not. But I'll tell you. Mine's a lady. I'll tell you, everybody on Floyd's route, they know who he is. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Floyd has been delivering mail since before either of us were born. That's right. Wow. Even wow. me. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that guy's been doing it a long time. He's been He's been at it, man. Floyd graduated high school back in 75 from Marietta High School in Georgia, right outside there of, uh, of Atlanta. And a couple of mm-hmm. years after he graduated, he decided he'd take the postal service test. Took a real long time before the post office got back to him. But they did get back to him. They said, hey, we've got a spot for you. But by that time, Floyd, he already had a spot at the bank. Word. He's working a job at the bank. And the, postal, oh. the post office was like, hey, we'll double what the bank is paying you. What? Which, quick side note, what was the bank paying him? Really? <laughs> either, That's what I'm saying. Either that bank wasn't paying him enough, or I need to quit my job and start working at the post office. What, one I of could the, be a mail guy. One yeah. of the two. Anyways, anyways, Floyd started delivering the mail in Marietta, Georgia. And Floyd did it right, man. He did it right. He had milk bones for the dogs on his roots. He had treats for the cats. He had lollipops for the kids and smiles wow. and waves for everybody. He didn't What a smart dude. He didn't miss a day, man. One of the children on his route liked him so much that she dressed up as a mailwoman for career day. That's right. Oh, that's so awesome. That's right. <laughs> May Bullington. She dressed up as a mailwoman for career day because she looked up to Floyd. Say what? That's right. Floyd knew every single house on his route. Like, he knew that Mrs. Harden couldn't really leave her house because she couldn't get around real easy. So he brought Mm -hmm. her newspaper up to her porch every day to make sure that Mrs. Harden got her mail and her newspaper. That's right. sweet of him. That's right. Well, last week, it was Floyd's last day as a mailman. Yeah. Wow. Yep. He said, you know, he, he was quoted. He said, it's going to be a little weird not delivering mail anymore. But he does hope, now that he's retired, he said one of his big hopes in, in the world was he would get to make it to Hawaii one day. Sweet. Yeah. He wants to oh. go to Hawaii. Well, the people... That'd be a cool trip. The That's people right. that lived on Floyd's route wanted to let him know what an amazing job he did. So on his last day, not only they decorated every single one of their mailboxes. They had balloons, cards for him. Yes! They had decorated, we're going to miss you. We love you, Floyd. All kinds of stuff. Yes! And then oh. at the end of his route, they had a surprise party for him. Block party with over 300 people that brought food and drinks to celebrate Floyd's career. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yes, and one last thing. One of the families started Uh-oh. a GoFundMe to help get Floyd to his dream vacation of Hawaii. Yes. And That's what I'm talking about. And as of this show, they had raised over $32,600 for Floyd's retirement. Yes, in three days. Oh, crap. Yeah. Enjoy. Three days? Yeah. And you know what? It was already over their goal of 5000 but I donated $10 because I was like, you know what? People like Floyd need to be celebrated. Yes! People that do their yeah. job, love their job, and love the people they work with need to be celebrated. Yes! Floyd needs to be celebrated. He deserves that vacation. Enjoy it, Floyd. Yes! yes! 
Yes. Oh, dude, Floyd. Enjoy Hawaii. Thanks for being a great mailman. I love that, Doc. Good good story, man. Yeah, things that don't suck. Floyd Martin definitely doesn't suck. And I, I can only say to the people of Marietta, Georgia, I hope the guy, the guy that's coming in or the lady has some big shoes to fill. Yes. Whoever's coming oh, yeah. in, you better bring your A game because you're you're gonna have to live up to Floyd. And Floyd's done a, a bomb job for 35 years. Just outrageous, outrageous. Nonetheless, guys, I'm gonna I'm dedicating this song. I'm dedicating this song to Floyd. <laughs> this is for Floyd. This is for Floyd. Now, granted, the song is I'd Like to Live in California off of uh, you and Curry's solo album. But, Floyd, just just instead, when you're listening to it, replace California with Hawaii. Yes! Every time he says <laughs> California, say Hawaii to yourself. Sweet. This is you and Curry with I'd Like to Live in California off of his solo album. And when we come back... We will be with the man himself, Mr. Ewan Curry from the Sheepdogs, right here on the Doc G Show.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by frontman of the Sheepdogs, one of the best rock bands out there right now, Mr. Ewan Curry. Ewan, how's it going, man? It's going fantastic. How you doing, man? I am doing good. You know, it seems crazy for me to say, but you guys have been playing for 15 years. What? That's nuts. You just you just finished a big tour with the Rival Sons. Yes! Uh, you're getting ready to do a European tour. Uh, if you could look back, what what advice would you give to the 2004 you? Oh, man. Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't think I made any uh, huge mistakes along the way, but... Uh... Uh, and I'm not really like a, a look back and regret kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what I would say. Like, I, I think a lot of what we've done is learn along the way and, and learn by making mistakes. Mm -hmm. I just always try to make the best decision. And, and I think, you know, we always followed, you know, kind of musically what was our passion and we always listened to our tastes and, and didn't necessarily try to chase trends. So. You know, I think uh, I think Young Ewan did a pretty good job. I tell him just you know, <laughs> trust your instincts. Nice, nice. Well, so I saw an interview a while back when you were a, a kid growing up in Australia. You you were outside playing. Your mom couldn't find you, and you'd ran down the street and you were playing with some sheepdogs. And that's that's that name sort of stuck with you. That's where the name of the band came from. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you don't have a lot of time constantly touring, doing records, everything like that. But have you ever thought about getting a sheepdog since it was sort of stuck with you that whole time? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I have a, a little bit. I do. I do like a dog. Uh, I've, I've got an English bulldog that's actually sleeping on the floor right next to me right now. <laughs> um, and, and I like it a lot. I mean, I, the problem is I live in a city and... and it's just, uh, it's not the greatest for a big dog with a sheep dog. Needs a lot yeah. of around, you know? so, uh, it's something I'd love to have, you know, especially the old English sheep dogs are great or even like an Australian dog. But for now, my little English bulldog does me well. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I saw, so I think a lot of fans know, obviously you guys are a Canadian band and you've lived in Canada since you were 10. Uh, and whenever I look over articles about your past, there's two things I always see that can uh, that come up. One, you love sports, and two, you were in music programs uh, growing up, uh, where you played the clarinet, and actually where you met Ryan growing up. Uh, first, first question. I think the answer is pretty obvious, but I'll ask anyways. Did you make the clarinet cool when you were playing it? Oh man, I, I, I sure tried, but I, I think uh, the, the true, honest answer is no, I did not. Oh. <laughs> you know, the clarinet was cool in like kind of thirty-five to forty-three, you know, sort of the era of like Benny Goodman and Artie Shaw. And, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, you know, it kind of got supplanted by the saxophone and, and then the guitar, and nowadays, it's, I guess, just you know. Wielding a microphone is kind of what you need to be cool. Yeah, well, you so you brought it back though, because there's actually some clarinet on the most recent album, Changing Colors, right? Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I, I kind of built. To, well, I guess on I ain't cool. I play some lines, and then on um, the, the big nowhere, I, I kind of layered a bunch of different clarinet parts to create like a drone. So nice. You know, I'm a big believer in, in you know, even though it's like a rock band, it's guitars, drums and bass and, and you know, keyboard oriented, just like classic rock instruments. 
I'm a big believer in kind of trying to do, you know, even if you only play an instrument a little bit, you know, try to do what you can with it. And it just sort of injects your own personality into it, makes it different. Nice, man. And now, had you continued sort of to to practice every now and then with the clarinet Hmm. all all through that time? Or was it picking it up and being real rusty? I think it's one of the latter, man. (laughs) You know, you got to really keep your embouchure up with your your lip. Yeah. It's not really in practice. I, I have highfalutin, you know, dreams of like, you know, becoming a better player and like working on my sax playing, but... I mean, to be honest, I got a lot of work I could be doing on my guitar playing. Every day. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I want to do in this in this life, but clarinet, I just haven't got around to yet. You got instruments that take precedent over the the clarinet. I understand. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, as far as sports, uh, what what was your favorite sport growing up? Uh, you know, it probably was. Uh, for the most part, it was probably football. I, I've always loved football whether it was playing it or, or watching it and it's it's i do love basketball and baseball a lot too those are my three games that i played but uh still to this day football is, is the number one you know now i saw actually in a in a tim and sid interview there you were talking about how the raiders were your favorite uh favorite team yeah. uh, I'm, I'm guessing you weren't very satisfied with this last year as far as how that turned out oh, it's very puzzling you know <laughs> john gruden's back after 10 years of just broadcasting and yeah and he really a lot of crazy moves and then shaking the team up you know i really don't know what to make of it it was just three years ago they were i think they won 12 games and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs but they didn't have their starting quarterback so you know it's, it's hard to know what to make of the raiders they're never uh, at least you know they're never not interested so true yeah yeah they definitely bring the interest and they went all in with gruden that's for sure uh, they did. Now, uh, I also see all the time uh, you talking about basketball. Actually, I've seen an interview where you were yeah. you were you were shooting uh, shooting basketball while you did the interview. Uh, when you're watching NBA, though, your team's the Raptors, right? Yes, uh, indeed. I'm looking forward to watching them uh, tonight. In fact, yeah, yeah. So uh, now, when you first heard, not now, but when you first heard about it. Uh, how'd you feel about Kawhi Leonard being traded to the Raptors? Hmm. Oh, I was very excited. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, as much as I have my teams, I, I just love watching the the, the the good teams play and the good series and good matchups. So, I watch a lot of Spurs and, and Heat, you know, those finals matchups, and and I rooted for the Spurs in those those finals. So yeah, I loved Kawhi. I was, I was a big fan. I knew what he could do, and I was, you know, had a pretty good feeling that it was going to be a fun year. Even if we just have him for this year, it's uh, it's been really enjoyable to watch. Well, do you think he's going to stay in Toronto? Hmm. Uh, it seems like everybody's saying that he's going to go to the Clippers. So yeah, I know. I'm not sure what to make of it. I I Kawhi's hard to read. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> you don't know. It's true. I mean, it's it's don't know what he'll do, but uh, you know, Toronto. I I think for a lot of these guys, especially when they grow up and. In the states, and you know, warm states in particular, you know, it can probably be tough to to spend winters in Toronto. <laughs> but uh, on the plus side, though, I will say I don't think you'd get any better response and support from a crowd than in Toronto. Nope. Because they've got. I mean, Jurassic Park is behind him a hundred percent. They went nuts. I mean, you know. Yeah. People getting tattoos well, for him and everything. Well, he made that big shot, you know, that, that Game 7 buzzer beater. Yeah. 
you know, as everybody's saying, it's the greatest moment in, in rapper's history. Now, of course, the rapper's history is not particularly long and special, so it wasn't hard to do. But, you know, it was a very special Toronto sports moment. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, if you get a chance when you're touring uh, coming up, do you think you'd stop and watch Zion play in New Orleans if you got the chance? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess there's still some question as to, you know, if he's going to be there or not yeah. for the trade. Kind of trade. But, uh, yeah, I watched some of the college hoops, and he, I mean, I, it's crazy because, like, I remember when LeBron James was coming up, and it was like, wow, this guy is so mobile and so, you know, thick, like just a big, yeah. strong body. And Zion's even thicker. He's, you know, it's you see a lot of these like thin you know, basketball players are usually like you know wiry and, and long and thin, but Zion is a, he's just a beast, man. He looks like a football player. Yeah, you got like the Kevin Durant Slim Reaper look, and then all of a sudden Zion yeah. comes in. He's a monster. Yeah. It's completely different. Different, and then it's like you said though, you see him and you're like, what? He just did. How did he jump that high? He's got way too much mass to move. It's weird. But I've, yeah. <laughs> I've 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 wasted enough time on sports. I'm gonna get back to music. Uh, like I said, you you guys uh, for 15 years you've been playing. But a huge turning point in the band uh, was when you guys landed the the cover of the Rolling Stone uh, in 2011, and this changed all kinds of things for the band. Uh, without that opportunity, do you think you guys uh, would have been able to continue as a band? Hmm. I don't know. You know, it was a, the, when we got involved in that, we had been doing a lot of touring um, and sort of, you know, running our uh, our band as a very, very small business. You know, we had like a line of credit, and we we do all the you know jobs that our band required ourselves. You know, book tours and and uh, try to promote, and, and we took you know go back and forth across Canada in a van, which is really tough to do because it's so so giant and not really that populated. So you, you're driving sort of six to eight hours between cities and uh, it takes a toll. So, you know, I think that the progress had been very, very, very slow and incremental. And so I don't know, you know, if we didn't get a big boost shot in the arm like that, it's hard to imagine us, you know, continuously banging our heads against the wall like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I can't imagine myself really doing anything other than music. So yeah. I, you know, it's I guess it's possible that we might have given up, but like, you know, I think I would have it, kept pushing in, in some way or another. Yeah, you might not have been with the Sheepdogs, but you still would have been in music for sure. Yeah. Um, I hope so, yeah. Yeah, uh, so people are constantly bringing up your influences as far as the Sheepdogs, and I've noticed in a lot of interviews you always make sure that you mentioned you were influenced by, by soul artists like uh, Otis Redding and Ray Charles and Curtis Mayfield, uh, which is which is interesting because uh, I always tell people if they want to find a good rock band, they need to find a rock band with a singer that loves soul music because soul singing can make the listener feel any emotion. Yes! It's like if I go to a Sam Cooke album, I can find a song that makes me feel happy, one that makes me feel sad, one that makes me feel cocky. It's all there. It's it's emotion packed. Was uh, what's the reason you're so inspired by soul music? Well, you know, I think you're right. Like the emotion of the singers is, it's you know more delicate and more nuanced than rock, just straight rock and roll. Yeah. 
Uh, I really love the I love the intersection of of musical styles like when soul and rock and roll kind of combined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking of like Delaney and Body and Derek and the Domino mm-hmm. and some of that type of thing. It's just it's a really wonderful thing, and also like country and and soul and like we talk a lot about like country funk, like basically like. You've got sort of like guys with cowboy hats and pedal steel, but it's like got a funky backbeat on it. That's yeah. a real sweet spot of music. Oh, yeah. It's just nice when those like kind of, it's like food, you know, like when you get a little bit of a, of cultures mashing up against each other. It just, it, it creates something special. And uh, yeah, I know, I, I know, I don't really want to be like a real hard rock and roll shouter. There's anything wrong with that. It's just, to me, I, I, I think I look to guys like Stevie Wonder and, and uh, Ray and those guys a little more just because those are the voices that really catch my ear and, and, and really, you know, I feel it in my heart when I hear yes. it. It just sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I mentioned earlier, the Sheepdogs uh, just finished a tour with Rival Sons, and I think I always hear those two bands the most uh, over the last several years as far as, you know, two sort of, 70s style rock bands they always bring up like you know the harken back to the day of these other bands uh now one that also seems to be the same way but more polarizing is uh is Greta Van Fleet and I I was wondering what's your uh sort of opinion on Greta Van Fleet well I think I've heard more takes on Greta Van Fleet than I have music I've you know I'm certainly familiar a little bit with some of their music yeah Um, and I know that there's a lot of people that kind of poke at them because of their, you know, influence of Led Zeppelin and that yeah. sort of thing. But I mean, uh, to be honest, as a as a rock and roll musician and I'm uh, somebody who makes his living playing rock and roll music, for a, a band of young guys who play guitars to get on the charts and radio play and get people excited, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's just it's increasing, you know, the awareness of rock music and, and keeping it alive and fresh. And I think uh, it just means nothing but good things, especially when I'm a, a fan of this type of music. And I, you know, I think people make a bit too much of it when they say, you know, you're keeping it alive. But you know, in some ways we are because it's uh, it's becoming a little bit of a heritage act. You know, the idea of creating a rock band with guitars and that type of thing. But it's I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, so last year the Sheepdogs came out. This with your sixth album, uh, Changing Colors, awesome album. Yes! Uh, this was the first album uh, with fantastic guitarist Jimmy Boskill on uh, the album. Um, first, how did you guys get together with Jimmy? And second, how did he, you know, change the the band, reimage the band? Hmm. Well, we were pretty. It was becoming pretty clear that our previous guitar player was not happy. You know, with be on the road, it's a tough job, and uh, so our our guitar tech, our, you know, our roadie Pooch, he told us about this guy. He was friends with. He'd be perfect to step in, and so we flew Jim in to Richmond, Virginia. We were on tour in the states there, and mm-hmm. he came down, and we had two rehearsals, and then just hit the ground running. And uh, he, you know, he learned the songs very very quickly. He could play incredible solos, both in sort of a blues rock, but also in like a country rock style which suited us just fine yeah uh he's a he's a hell of a guy great to hang out with a very fun dude and he's become one of our best pals and we've just been running with him since 
Nice. So, Not- you know, when, when we got done that tour, we just couldn't wait to actually get in the studio with the guy. And, and, and I can't wait to, to make another record with him, too. Very nice. Well, you know, I noticed the whole band seems to be, you know, you, you like some of the 70s fashion, but Jimmy really seems to take it up a notch with, like, the cu- uh, country-western suits. Yes! Was that, like, a conscious yeah. effort? Did he come to you guys and was like, hey, guys, I've decided I'm wearing flagrant country-western suits from now on? Well, he found a guy that, that would do custom suits kind of in the in the nudie suit style, you know, the rhinestones. Yeah. Pattern western western style you know like something like porter wagoner or grand parsons i guess with potleaf and pill suit but you know we're we're big fans of of all the music from the you know 50s through 70s in particular you know whether it's soul rock country whatever and so it that's obviously a pretty flamboyant style and i like it you know it, it gives him it makes him bigger than life and he looks <laughs> You know, when you when you put one of those outfits on, you stand on stage and you play guitar like that, you look like a superstar. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> well, uh, so speaking of band members, a little bit more serious. Obviously, your drummer uh, Sam, he was di- diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer back in October. He was treated; uh, treatment was successful. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was more frightening for Sam. But how big of a shockwave did that send through the band when when that happened? Hmm. That yeah, was very, uh, very. Initially, it was very scary. But, you know, when you hear the big C word, uh, you just yes! it uh, it makes you a little worried, and you start to think about your own health. And uh, you know, so when he told us about it and said that he needed the time off, you know, of course, our first thoughts were just you know do whatever you got to do to get healthy. Yeah. Fortunately, the treatment went great. He's uh, he's been back running with us all year. You know, we've done a lot of shows this year, and he's been. I can't. I haven't noticed any difference in him. He seems like he's back to normal. And the icing on the cake is he had his. Uh, he had a daughter in December, and nice. she's a beautiful, healthy little girl. And Sam is doing great. He's having a great life. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, as you mentioned, you guys did a whole bunch of shows, uh, and you were in Europe with Rival Sons for a little bit. And you're actually getting ready to go to Europe again for about a month. A bunch of shows in Germany mm-hmm. and the UK. Uh, would you say the demand for the sheepdogs in Europe is higher than it is in the United States, or uh, is it just uh, how the the schedule lined up? I'd say it's, it's a little bigger than in the states. Uh, nice. The, it's we, you know, uh, we've been slowly building it up over there, and it's been going quite well in England. But in, especially in mainland Europe, we really saw a boost thanks to this Rattle Thunk tour. You know, we got to open for those guys, and they've really been putting in some serious work over there. They're a fair bit bigger in in Europe than they are in their home country. But yeah, so this is kind of like us joining the dots. You know, we made a lot of new fans on that tour, and so now we're kind of going back and saying, "Come check us out and see what you know we can do with our full set." And very uh, nice. I'm looking forward to it. Plus, it, you know, plus Europe in the summertime is a beautiful place. So true. Oh yeah, one of the best for sure. Uh, just recently, your solo album came out about two months ago. A lot of great songs on there, uh, like uh, I'd Like to Live in California. We just heard that earlier on the show. Fantastic song. Yes! Uh, so did you decide to record these songs solo because they just didn't match the vibe of the Sheepdogs? Yeah, I think with the Sheepdogs, we really look to do something that highlights all the members of the band, something that's very much going to make... You know, uh, you know, it's sort of rock and roll. It's sort of like big and, and strong, and, and 
you know, confident and, and I think my solo record was more of like a, you know, vulnerable and more personal and like uh, wasn't, it's not as much about big guitar hooks and riffs. It's a little bit more kind of offbeat. It's not totally a departure. Like, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, this is totally different. But it's different enough that it needed its own album and I wanted it to just kind of come straight from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I saw in an interview that uh, you said growing up you like to, to make your own shows, uh, you know, make jokes, do stand-up routines and skits, and you got to live a little bit of that out when you put this album out with the You and Curry show that you aired uh, live on YouTube. Um, how, how did that all uh, come about? Well, you know, I, I just don't have any time. The album came out, you know, in the middle of my Sheepdog touring cycle, so I just I literally don't have any time to really promote the album or, or tour it and yeah or energy to be honest but um i didn't want to just put it out and not do anything so we kind of brainstormed ryan who's the bass player of sheepdogs uh, he really helped me out big time with it and along with our friend matt dunlap from, from california who's there does all our artwork for sheepdogs and, and and my solo stuff as well um we kind of came up with this idea that we do sort of a, a mixed you know kind of late night talk show variety show and then perform all the songs and, and make fake ads. And then we'd videotape it so it'd be a live performance of the people that came. And then it would go up online and it would serve sort of as a, you know, uh, a, you know, music video or like, you know, online content. Cause you know, the labels these days, they want content, content, content. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of satisfies all those, those needs. And at the same time, we kind of made this unique sort of kitschy uh, TV program that kind of harkens back to, you know, when I was a kid, like I used to make these mixtapes where I would like make up stupid songs or I would like uh, do fake commercials and I would record songs off the, off the radio and make these weird little programs. Yeah. Yeah. It came out, it came out real, it came out real good. It, it was unique in, Thanks, in its, in its production for sure. Uh, now, uh, one other thing about the the solo album, I noticed. So the album cover, you're, you're sitting in a in a big wicker chair, mm. and uh, I I also noticed uh, on Instagram on your Instagram, you you had several albums there, like seven seven posts in a row of artists sitting in similar chairs. Was was that your inspiration? Mm. For the album cover work there? Hmm. Well, so working kind of worked. It ended up that way, but to be honest, when I was filming, sorry, when I was taking photos for the album shoot, it was during the recording of the record, which I did down in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had this problem with my leg. I've got real bad ankles from playing football because mm -hmm. I rolled them so many times. And I, I had this, this real shooting pain all the way up my leg, and I could barely walk. So, a lot of the photos were just me sitting down and laying down all the time. So I was in the, the back of my friend's ex-wife's uh, vintage store, and there was this big, beautiful wicker chair. I think they call it a peacock chair or something yeah. like that, a real 70s chair. And uh, and the photo just looked cool, you know, so we knew that that was going to be the cover. And then I always knew that there was, like, I knew that Al Green, let's, or uh, I'm still in love with you record, he's wearing all white, and he's in the white peacock chair. Yeah. And there's that. Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac. She had a solo record called the Christine Perfect album, but she's laying in a peacock chair. And so uh, Ryan got the idea to kind of do the tease where we just keep 
posting all these albums like you know normally my instagram is just you know my record collection and what i'm listening to so yeah it was kind of a, an organic way to kind of tease this album so i i kept posting these peacock chairs in the van i dropped the uh, the, the picture of my album on people that's right <laughs> so it wasn't actually trying to be the peacock chairs it was more that you were handicapped at the time and that fit where you were setting at the time i like it worked out well yeah worked out well uh, well, so I've got one more question for you, and I uh, I usually sure. ask this most uh, to pretty much all of our guests. I heard recently uh, you talking about how you were a big food guy and how you were saying uh, you're a big fan of home cooking. Uh, now, on this show, yeah. I like to know a little bit about the person's hometowns, and so obviously I'm not going to invite myself over to the Curry household for dinner. So if I come to Saskatoon, uh, instead yeah. of home cooking, what's the restaurant that you would say I need to go to hmm. that would be sort of the best place for me to get a feel of the city, the best food experience? Hmm. Yeah, so in Saskatoon, for whatever reason, I mean, the, there's a lot of Vietnamese restaurants. Hmm. There. Uh, Wait, what? I know there's Vietnamese restaurants in every town. There's, uh, they're very, very prevalent. Mm-hmm. But, uh I don't know. Saskatoon is probably two hundred and fifty thousand people, uh, two hundred sixty thousand people. But there's like at least a dozen, or maybe even fifteen Vietnamese restaurants, which is like a crazy number for yeah. a small city like that. Uh, and so, growing up, we would eat. You know, they, I think they call it boon, which is like the noodle ball. With, you know, you got your vermicelli noodles and grilled pork or chicken and, and sprouts and and all that kind of stuff yeah or, or you know uh, the, the big bowl of the, of the hot noodle soup yeah uh, so that's what we you know when i was going out to take out in Saskatoon, you know that that's what i would eat and that's my favorite food man that that is crazy because actually last week on the show we had matt stoney competitive eater uh from san jose uh, california and he told us we needed to get fa in san jose and then a couple weeks before that we had the common kings on from orange county and they were like you need to try the fa out in orange county it's 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 so (laughs) weird that like and, and i mean you know i think i am i'm hitting only places that have these big Vietnamese communities, but all right, I got now. I got now. We've got well, three different places to try it at. Well, you can probably the good thing is you can probably try it in your hometown because uh, I travel all the time for, for you know for my work and and the thing that I'm always looking for is good Vietnamese because it's not too heavy. It's it's usually pretty fresh. It's pretty reliable. And you're not going to typically find a, a bad Vietnamese food. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's and the and pho really is a magical hangover cure. <laughs> well, that that is what they should advertise with, straight up, right there. That's so on every advertisement, you will you won't feel your hangover anymore. Oh, well, I should go here, Absolutely. obviously. Yes! <laughs> Ewan, we're up against a break, but I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Much obliged, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, hopefully the sheepdogs can come down here to Florida real soon. I- I'm sure you would sell out in very, very short amount of time. Well, it's long overdue at this point. We've only been a couple times. Yes, yes. Listeners, you can keep up with them at thesheepdogs.com or on Instagram at thesheepdogs. Uh, right now, let's take a listen to Let It Roll off of Changing Colors by the Sheepdogs right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard a little bit of some sheepdogs. Yes, indeed. Thank you to you and Curry for coming on the show, taking a little time out of his day. I know he's getting ready for that European tour. Going to be pretty awesome. Hitting a bunch of German shows up, a bunch of uh, a bunch of UK shows. Very exciting. Very exciting. Good, good band, man. And just a rat, just laid back dude. Very laid yeah, all back. Around good vibes. I appreciate them coming on the show. And, you know, we, yeah. we always enjoy listening to them. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. They're good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, uh, Dave. Hmm. Are you ready? Last birthday, sir. I, I, think, I think so, man. I think I can do it. Okay. All right. I think you can do this one, too. Uh, here we go. Born May 29th in 1998 in Upper oh. Marlboro, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Our birthday yeah. suit wearer loved basketball from a young age. He ended up going to DeMatha High School, Catholic High School, DeMatha High, uh, Catholic High School. He ended up being spotted by the University of Washington and made a verbal commitment in 2000, August 2015. He mm-hmm. played very well for Washington, averaging 23.2 points a game for the Huskies in his rookie season. Jeez. He went to the NBA draft the next year and was drafted first overall by the Philadelphia 76ers. Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. Yes, indeed. Turning the big 2-1. Oh, shoot. He's been getting lit tonight. Yeah. Didn't play his entire rookie season, almost his entire sophomore season, and he was traded to the Orlando Magic back in February. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be one of those success stories, you know? He yeah, we kind of gets back on track. You know? Lay lows a little, a little bit. I mean, nobody really th- is like talking about him in Orlando. I think most of the media no. has sort of given up on him, not just in a bad way, but I don't think they're just really looking at it any. So I think you know he's got a little less pressure on him. He can work on his balling, come back, yes! get get to an All Star game, man. Yeah, you know? we'll Do see. It. I you know I enjoyed watching him play, so I, I think he definitely has that. You know that potential. So happy birthday to him. Hope he, uh, you know, can turn that switch back on. That that killer instinct. Turn it on, Markel. Turn it on. We want to see it. Uh, no pressure. You're good, bro. No pressure. Nope. Um. <laughs> nonetheless, uh, this is the time of the show that I tell you about all of our awesome shows coming up, which we do, do it. have some awesome shows coming up. Of course, we've got Sister Hazel coming up. We've got yeah, we do it all for you. Say yeah. What? Oh, nicely done, Dave. Oh. Uh-huh. Did you think about that before the show? Was that I, were you I've crafting it, that? I've had it. I've had it in the back pocket for a little. Nice. Bit. Nicely done. I would have wrote it down. I would have been like, can't forget this. Scratch that yeah. down. Nonetheless, we've got Sister Hazel coming on. Very excited. Uh, we've also got My Hero Zero coming. Uh, we've got some great stuff. I'm trying to work out. I don't want to say that this is going to happen 100%. Don't jinx it. I don't, but I still want to tell the people that this could happen. Okay, go for it. Chuck D. From Public Enemy. Chuck D. Like, literally one of the masters of hip-hop. 
One of the biggest oh. dudes. And one of the people, like, probably on my top five list of voices I wish I had. Yes! Oh, he's got one of those, like, iconic voices. Oh, it's so iconic, man. I mean, I like. Need, I need to look it up. I'm not going to put him up there with, like, the, my number one. Uh, I mean, but, like, he's up there. He's definitely in the top. Definitely in the top five of iconic voices. No doubt. No doubt. Okay, okay. I hope we can get him on the show. I'm very excited. I mean, he was the leader of Public Enemy. So many good songs of the late 80s, early 90s, on Def Jam. So amazing. I'm hoping I can get him on the show. Very exciting. We're also working out some other great, potentially Ronnie Jordan, great comedian, could be coming on the show. I'm hoping that will work out. Yes, exactly. We're also, hopefully, we're trying to... To get London Brown from the hit oh. HBO series Ballers. I don't know. Hey, Reggie. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. He's a pretty, I mean, pretty funny guy. Yeah, I, I love guy. his character on the show is awesome. So I, yes. if we could get an interview with him, be dope. Yes. Right? Right? He actually, just a little while ago, he actually performed uh, in Jacksonville doing a little stand-up. We, we, oh, we, really? Uh, yeah, I met, well, I mean, by a little bit ago, I mean, like, almost a year ago. What? But still, okay. back in August, last August, he was in Jacksonville. Say what? Man, very nope. excited. Hopefully, we can work it out. He's filming the fifth season right now of Ballers. So hopefully, hopefully we can work him in his schedule. I'm willing to work. That's what I do. I try to do that. Yeah. Work. It's it's tough, but someone's got to do it. You know? you know. You know. I don't think it's as tough as Cassidy nope. uh, has in her job, but I'm working on it. You know. Nonetheless, uh, this is the end of the show. So I gotta say, oh, until sorry. next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave. Burles, Berlin. Guess I'll see you guys in a few, in a you know, hmm. seven days. Seven, seven. You know? That's a week. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we will be back on a Wednesday, also known Hump Day, middle Hump of the day. week, seven p.m. That's what we do. That's right. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah. <laughs>